Hello and welcome to the Glide TV Recaps of the Golden Girls. Today we are on Season 7, Episode 12, The Pope's Ring, which originally aired on December 14th of 1991. If you'd like a full rundown of the history, you can head back to Season 1. Episode 13 also aired on the same day. So in brief, in the year of 1542, remember it, think back to it, remember it well, don't you? Yeah. Yes, uh, wow. Princess Mary Stuart succeeds her father, James V, and becomes Queen Mary I of Scotland at the age of six days old. And our most recent event on December 14th of 2018, a report by Reuters found that U.S. pharmaceutical company Johnson & Johnson has known for decades that their talcum products were contaminated with asbestos. So that is our history lesson for today. So why don't you inform us what transpired in this very Catholic installment of the Golden Girls. Okay, it sure is. Well, scene one, we're in the kitchen. Dorothy is wrapping a present on the island. Yes, Blanche enters and wants to know if that present is for Rose's birthday. Yes, the two discuss how Blanche always outshines Dorothy on Christmas presents, birthday presents, etc., and how this time Dorothy is going to have the best present. Yeah. Sophia enters and says the Pope is in town. She checks to make sure she has everything she needs. She has her binoculars. She has her rosary. Oh, no, but she has forgotten her whoopee cushion. Oh, well, she decides she doesn't need the cushion as everybody on the bus is over 80, and it wouldn't be <laughs> too useful. Yes, Dorothy tells us the Pope is saying a mass on his stopover in Miami. And Dorothy says they have two tickets and people wait a lifetime for a papal mass. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's papal. 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 It's papal. Well, Sophia gives some bad news to Dorothy. Yeah, Sophia traded those two tickets that were way far away in the back to one good ticket up near the front. Yeah, because Sophia wants to be close to the Pope to ask him to come and bless her friend Agnes in the hospital. And if he did that for everyone that wanted blessed, he would have time for nothing else. Uh, yes, well, they established that later, later in yeah. the episode. Yes. Now, a couple things. Okay. I guess what you're bringing up here now, because you did this research on uh, the Pope's yeah. Trip yes. to the U.S. Yes. Okay, yes. The Pope John Paul II, who was the Pope during this time frame. Yes. He made many, many trips in his time as Pope, but he was not anywhere near Miami uh, at this time frame. He was there in September 1987, and that was it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then the other thing I have here. Now, I... Uh, you know, I'm not super knowledgeable about ticket exchanging. I don't think two in, like, the back would get you one in the front. I think two in the back would maybe get you one in the middle, but I don't think it's going to get you one in the front. And also, who are you exchanging these with? Is this some scalper that she's talking with or something? Or, like, what's going on here? Well... What I figured, it, it could not be a scalper, because, no, that would never, ever work. Right. I figured there was 
you know, Sophia lucked into something here at the bus stop. <laughs> Once again. The bus stop or her bingo game. You know, where some guy or an older lady was saying, oh man, I got one ticket to the Pope, but my husband wants to come down and I need two tickets. Mm. And Sophia goes, well, I got two and I need one. Oh, yours is up closer. Mine's further back. Well, I don't care. I just want to see the Pope. I guess. Okay. A, a scalper? No. Right. No, I knew that wasn't going to be it because, like, no. You know, Ticketmaster? No. Well, this is 1991. I don't think there was ticket. I don't think I there don't was. Think so, I don't no. know for sure. But. I mean, something like that? No. Uh, <laughs> no. Well, scene two. Hey, we're in the living room. Blanche and Dorothy's on the couch, and Rose enters, and they all wish her a happy birthday. Dorothy wants Rose to open her present first. Yes, and she does. It is the original Mickey Mouse sweatshirt that Roy wore. Yes, Dorothy got it at an auction. We'll discuss him later. This was an actual person. Okay. I figured this was someone they had made up, but no, he has a Wikipedia page. Okay. So. Yeah, Rose loves it. And can't imagine a better present. But Blanche asked Rose, Is Ma, has Miles uh, started wearing bikini underwear? Well, I thought she was <laughs> going to get some bikini underwear. But anyway, Blanche says she has been watching Miles for a while and thinks he is going through a crisis. Trying to be trendy, trying to be young, Blanche thinks he may start playing around on Rose. Well, Dorothy doesn't think any of this proves that Miles is even thinking of cheating on Rose. I don't either. Okay, hold on. I have a question here. Yes? Now, as the closer of us two to middle age, would you start wearing bikini underwear as a midlife style change? No. Okay. No. That's not when you start wearing it. Right. I, I, I was confounded by that statement. Like, Now, for Blanche, maybe that's when she started, but... No, that was 13. Come on. <laughs> but but us, to all no. of a sudden, no. <laughs> no, that's the thing I was trying to figure out. So for a 50-year-old man to start wearing, or well, Miles is like 60 nearly, 60, yes. I would think. They, they should be near 60 at least. To yes. start wearing bikini underwear, it's quite a move for him to make. No, the, it's not going to happen. <laughs> no. No, that would be more my move than yours, but yes. also not happening. Uh, no. Okay, so what happened? Well, Blanche says she has hired a detective to follow Miles and find out for sure. He will follow Miles for the next two weeks. Blanche can't get a refund as she paid with nature's credit card. Yeah, Rose says she can't use it as Miles has never given her a reason not to trust him. Yeah, then Blanche brings up the witness protection program stuff. You know, all that. Yeah, you can't trust what? He's never giving you a re what? And Rose thinks, well, you know, maybe you are right. And it may not be totally a bad idea, especially since it's already paid for. And I know when she first said that, Blanche said he was going to follow her for two weeks. And I was like, my God, you know how much that's going to cost? You're paying a detective two full weeks pay? 
Oh, nature's credit card. Okay. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. Right. I mean, okay. yeah. <laughs> then it was. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking like, okay, so this is like what, like a thousand a day, five hundred a day. I don't know what detective rates are. Yeah, but yeah, if he's gonna be following. Following you for two uh-huh. weeks. Yes, like five hundred a day. So the, she's gonna be paying yes. like yeah, like three thousand a, a, or more than that. I think. Yeah, way more than that. It depends on the t- detective, of course. But right, you know, like a hundred dollars an hour would not be unheard of. Um, I guess plus expenses. So, and you're gonna pay for. Well, he can't follow twenty four hours a day, but. Um, no, no, logically, no. But if you're going to pay 15 hours, that's 1500 a day. Mm-hmm. So for 10 days, that's 15000 Wait, no, what? Oh, nature's credit card. Okay, I see. Well, I can't imagine, you know, anything that she would have done would be worth that much. I mean, I'm trying to think of it in my head, and I can't imagine... She'd, anything she could have well um she'd have to pay for months <laughs> no oh yeah anyway <laughs> in my mind she'd have to pay for months anyway okay anyway scene three we're on the lanai rose and miles enter rose announces that they're going out there and miles jo- joins in on this fun yeah well miles is a bit frisky Ooh. Rose says she has done it outside once at Mount Pushover in St. Olaf. Well, that's the right name. Uh, Rose doesn't want to do it on the lanai, and Miles says it isn't like somebody would be watching. Yes. Then we see a camera in the background take a picture. Yes, better or worse detective, this dude or the guy on psych? <laughs> this. I mean, this guy is awful, right? But yeah, he just puts the camera like over the wall, and, uh-huh, like, and, whoop, and then it has the giant flash on the too. Giant flash and the big noise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, then Rose tells Miles that there is a detective in the bushes. Uh, we see the detective, and Rose comes completely clean about the birthday present. Yeah. Well, after Miles thinks this is some super sexy role play. Yeah, do. talks in a bush. And uh-huh. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. Okay, well, uh, of course, Miles is mad and insulted, but not at Blanche, of course. No, he's mad at Rose for not trusting him, and Miles leaves quickly and passes Sophia on his way out. Rose is next and passes Sophia, too, and she really wants to talk to someone. Then we see Dorothy exit out of the kitchen, and Sophia says she can't breathe. And Dorothy says, not now, Ma. Ah, But she does stop for a minute to please Sophia. Sophia says she has the Pope's ring. And Dorothy thinks it's a practical joke. But when she sees the ring up close and it doesn't squirt water at her, yeah, she wants to know what happened. Well, picture it. The papal mass, or papal, or people, the papal. Papal mass. The papal mass, yes. A few hours ago. Yeah, Sophia wants to cop a blessing for Agnes, so she snuck into the crippled and lame section. Uh, The Pope finally arrives. Sophia bends down to kiss his ring. Just then, security comes and whisks him away, and the ring 
fell off its sweaty hand right to Sophia. Yeah, believe it or not, Sophia thinks this is a sign and maybe she can get in the Bible. Um, that's already been written, says Dorothy, and Dorothy wants Sophia to take it back. Sophia agrees to, but she tries to turn water into wine first. Well, that is something I would be interested to see if I, it probably exists, but a, a modern rewrite of the Bible would be pretty interesting. Well, I probably want to have as fun of a story as the King James Version story. I wouldn't think so. As to why it was made. Yeah, I wouldn't think the, so. Because the King James Bible is a fascinating, it's not really fascinating, it's just hilarious, the, yeah. the story why it got written. Yes. Um, which I could tell that story. It's a really fun story, pretty much. Well, if you wish. Okay, so the short version. So essentially, so King James of England, right, at the time. So the Bible was like in Latin. and So King James essentially was like probably like super gay, but we're not super certain. Anyway, he had this one like male consort that he promoted way high in the court and there was like secret chambers between their bedrooms, all this stuff, right? Uh, and the like priests of the Church of England, or well, not the Church of England, that wasn't until Henry VIII, but uh, the church, you know, Catholic Church at the time, basically, uh, was like, no, you you can't be doing that. That that's not something to do. And so King James told him basically, hey, why don't, why don't you go translate the Bible so me and my boyfriend here can like be together and not have you barging in. <laughs> And so they translated the Bible so that King James could be with his boyfriend peacefully, basically. That's why the King James Bible got written, basically. Okay. Yeah. Fun story. Huh. Well, my observation in this one paragraph here, anyway, is do you really honestly need the detective out on the lanai when it's Miles and Rose on the lanai? Well, the point. Well, he's supposed to be following Miles, and my my assumption is he doesn't know who Rose is. Maybe, maybe that would be my assumption. Is he's just following Miles? So for all he knows, oh, Miles is going to get it on to some random chick out on this patio. Maybe okay. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't know where Blanche lives. So right, he didn't know this was Rose's house. Right. So or maybe he does, but he doesn't. He probably knows this is where Blanche lives for other reasons. But I would think so. Uh, but doesn't know who Rose is. That could be. That could be that he doesn't know who Rose is. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking he's sitting out. He's followed Miles to this house. Miles came in the front door. So you. So he snuck over like the back wall so thing. Snuck and back to the lanai, hoping he comes out to the lanai. Well, no, I imagine it's like he <laughs> snuck back there and was like kind of hiding out on the lanai, and then oh, they're coming out here. Well, I better get into the plants or something. Oh, okay. I would guess. Uh, of course, we've established he's not that great a detective. Right. But scene four, hey, we're in the kitchen. Rose enters and says it took a while, but Miles has forgiven her. Yep, Blanche. What? She has a report from the detective. Huh. And Rose actually wants to hear what is in the report only to confirm that she already knows he is not cheating. Blanche says he has a surgery scheduled and confirmed, which Rose knew nothing about, so I'll see the detective was a bit good on that. And Sophia enters and lets on that she has lost the ring. Oh, no. That's the Pope's ring. Scene five, we're in the living room. Dorothy looking for the ring, and Sophia's on the couch, and 
has given up on finding the ring. She's just sitting there. Uh, they need to retrace her steps. But we learn, yeah, of course, that Sophia has the ring in her purse. And she didn't want to give it back yet. Rose and Blanche enter. And Rose is saying she is not going to the hospital to see Miles after the surgery. Blanche thinks that it's a big mistake not to go there. But Blanche starts a story about the steamy South. It's a tale of deception and tragedy. Blanche was 19. Well, Blanche gets interrupted quite a lot and can't really finish her story. But Rose has gotten the message and will see Miles tomorrow at the hospital. Scene six, we're in the living room. Sophia's on the couch and Dorothy enters from the kitchen. Sophia has called the dia, 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 diocese. The diocese. Yeah, it's that thing. The diocese. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Pope will be here at any minute to pick up the ring. As if the Pope's just going to drop in the house there. Dorothy questions that the actual Pope will be a coming here. Yes, they talk about it for a minute. Doorbell rings. Sophia goes to answer it. And, yeah, it is not the Pope. At least not yet, as you never know when the smoke will blow your way. Sophia doesn't want to give him the ring, but Dorothy gives it to him. He will have the Pope say a prayer for Agnes since he can't possibly make individual visits to people. See, there you go. There's no way the Pope could do that. He leaves. Rose comes through and says she is off to the hospital. And Sophia says she will go also as she wants to see Agnes. Scene seven, we're in the hospital. Rose enters a room and goes to the first person there in the room who has his face completely covered. We hear Miles' voice saying he is over here, and Rose still thinks it is the person she is looking at and that Miles is throwing his voice. Yeah, but she finally gets to Miles, who's in the second bed of the room. Yeah, Miles is there for cosmetic surgery because he looks old and doesn't feel right when working on a college campus. Yet, just three episodes ago, he was very close to retirement, so makes no sense here. But anyway, Rose says she has never worked on a college campus, but she was a subject of a lab experiment once where they doubled her IQ until they pulled the IV of smart juice out of her. Ah, they talk about this for a while. Yeah, Sophia enters and Agnes is fine. Sophia goes to the John and takes Miles' chart with her for reading material, of course. We then hear a lot of camera shutters going off in the hallway. Is it the detective? No. Well, Rose goes to see what it is, and it's the Pope. The Pope is walking down the hallway. He is there to bless the patience of St. Ignatius on his way to the airport. That's Ignatius, Ignatius. as well. Ignatius. Ignatius. See, I'm very good at my pronunciations of these. Yeah. Uh, Rose tells Sophia, and Sophia can't believe it, as she has waited her entire life for this, and she's in the John. Uh, scene eight, we're in the living room. Sophia and Rose enter, and Sophia is telling about the Pope visiting, and it was a miracle. Rose and Sophia are heading to the kitchen as this episode almost ends, because at scene nine... Yes, they've started adding these little scenes as the credits. I really don't care for these. The end credits roll. What happens on this one? Sophia's playing poker with the Pope Sophia in the kitchen. and the Pope are playing cards, yes. Sophia wants a chance to win back the ring after, well, she's apparently won his hat. As this episode 
come, and the Pope never talks on this. Right. And she apparently, when it's had on this episode, comes to a close. Right. So we have a few cultural references of the Pope at the time, as you explained, is Pope John Paul II, uh, who was the head of the Catholic Church and the ruling sovereign of the Vatican City from 1978 until 2005. Uh, he succeeded Pope John Paul I, who ruled for 33 days. Um, uh, the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse uh, is, oh, this is the modern iteration of it, sorry. Uh, the Mickey Mouse Club, here we go. Uh, an American variety TV show that aired intermittently between 1955 and 1996. So then Roy from the clubhouse, I was, you know, before I got to this thing, I was like, okay, who's this going to be? Is this someone they made up? Is this someone who turned out like Justin Timberlake or something like that? Or is this you know, something, you know, weird, or was this some teenager that was on the show and was, like, noted for all the, look at this hot boy on the clubhouse or mm -hmm. something. Uh, those all could be the case, but uh, I don't know. I can't find a picture of him. So uh, uh, Roy from the clubhouse, or I didn't look for one, so. Okay. Uh, is Roy Williams, uh, best known for playing Big Roy, the Adult Mouseketeer for four seasons on the Clubhouse show. Uh, that's pretty much it. Um, he was also an animated artist uh, for Disney in the 30s and 40s. Uh, he also designed over 100 insignias for the U.S. Army during World War II and is credited with designing the mouse ears worn on Mickey Mouse Clubhouse uh, and director of the program, Jack Kinney, described Williams as a, quote, big, fat, balding, hot-headed, unpredictable bastard, uh, but also hugely admired his prolific talent. <laughs> so, okay. Jeez. Yeah. Um, Zaza Gabor, uh, a actress and socialite uh, who was in movies in the 50s and 40s. Uh, Uncle Remus, uh, the fictional title character and narrator, of a collection of black American folk tales compiled and adapted by Joel Chandler Harris and published in book form in 1881. Uh, now, Harris was a journalist in post-Reconstruction Atlanta, and he produced seven Uncle Remus books. He wrote them to represent the struggle in the southern U.S., and more specifically in the plantations. He did so by introducing tales that he had heard and framing them in the plantation context. He wrote his stories in a dialect which represented the voice of the narrators and their subculture, which means they're pretty fun to have read out loud to you or to see acted out, but are kind of annoying to read. Um, another example of this would be like uh, Their Eyes Were Watching God, the Zora, Hill, uh, Zora Neale Hurston novel, is written in this very... Uh, black Southern dialect, so it, it, I can't even begin to, uh, I guess I could maybe Google here. Uh, so their eyes were watching God um, excerpt. Uh, let's see here if I can attempt to read one of these. Oh, boy. Uh, briefly. Oh, boy. Um, okay, so here's how, so this is from chapter two of the novel. So this is 
the dialogue is written in this way. So, <clears throat> you know, honey, us colored folks is branches without roots, and that makes things come round in queer ways, you in particular. I was born back doing slavery, so it wasn't for me to fulfill my dreams of what a woman ought to be and to do. That's one of the holdbacks of slavery, but nothing can't stop you from wishing. You can't beat nobody down so low till you can rob them of they will. I didn't want to be used for a work ox and a brood so, and I didn't want my daughter used that way neither. It show wasn't my will for things to happen like they did. Uh, that, that continues on for two more paragraphs like that. The whole book's written in that way. Very uh, hard to read, but pretty fun to listen to, in my opinion. Okay. <laughs> or if I have to choose between the two. Uh, yes. <clears throat> um, Absorpine Jr. is a pain relief product of some sort, um, which you can buy on Amazon. I saw the link. Um, and then Albert Einstein, a German-born theoretical physicist who developed theory of relativity, uh, one of the two pillars of modern physics alongside quantum mechanics. His work is also known for its influence on the philosophy of science. He is best known to the general public for his mass energy equivalence formula, E equals MC squared. Uh, he received the 1921 Nobel Prize in Physics for his services to theoretical physicists, physics, and especially for his discovery of the law of the photoelectric effect, which is a pivotal step in the development of quantum theory. Uh, we have three side characters. The Detective, played by Fred McCarran, known for The Goodbye Girl, Shell Game, Remington Steel, and the disaster of a film, Xanadu, which he plays Richie. Isn't that, is that the lead guy? Xanadu? Yeah, is that the lead dude? I don't think so. Huh. Is it not? Um, uh... No, Sonny Malone, that's Sonny. right. Yeah. Sonny Malone, boy. Yeah. What a name. Uh, um, the Priest, played by Stephen Gilborn, known for Evolution, Dr. Doolittle, the Eddie Murphy one, uh, Alien Resurrection, and the Brady Bunch movie. And then the Pope, in the end scene, I assume, played by Eugene Greytack, uh, known for Hot Shots, uh, Naked Gun 33 and a Third, The Final Insult, Sister Act, and Alf. And all of these, he plays the role of the Pope, or Ooh. Pope John Paul II specifically. Wow. Uh, and actually, as I scroll through his IMDb page, every single acting credit he has in his career is as the Pope. The only one that's not explicitly the Pope, uh, he appears in a TV film from 2004 called Miss Castaway and the Island Girls, which he plays the role of Your Holiness. Everything else he plays, the Pope or Pope John Paul II specifically, um, so is yeah, this wow. Miss Castaway, that sounds like a porno, is it? Uh, is a mix of There's Something About Mary and Scary Movie crossed with Castaway and Miss Congeniality, okay? What happens when a plane load of beauty contests on its way to the Miss Galaxy pageant crash lands on a deserted island? Pilots Mike Saunders and Maximus Power 
learn how to survive with a bevy of beautiful women of which none have ever even gone camping. Soon the castaways discover the ancient Noah's Ark on the island. The lost ark is being guarded by an oversized prehistoric pig named Jurassic Pork, and Noah is boarding apes, and our survivors have got to stop his plan and use the ark to get off the island. Boy, that sounds stupid. Okay. I may have to add that to the list of ridiculous garbage to check out. All Good right. For that one. Yeah. Um, we have a couple new sex partners established. The unnamed man whom was Blanche's date from last night. Uh, and the detective she gifted Rose for her birthday. Unless paid with nature's credit card means something else. But I hope I don't know what else it could possibly mean. Uh, so I put that here. Uh all both for Blanche, of course. So the tally stands Blanche 178. Sophia 11, Dorothy 11, Rose 8. Blanche uh, clo climbing ever closer to the elusive 180 mark to give her one per episode on average here. Hmm. Boy. Yes, I have no other comments on this one. I've already done mine, I think. Okay. Um, yes. So my counts for this one, uh, there was a picture at Story by Sophia, of course. And there was one game played, which was at the end. Cards were being played by Sophia and the Pope. Mm -hmm. As if that would really happen. But anyway, weddings, planned weddings, 11. Physical abuse of Rose, 15. St. Olaf Stories, 47. Picture at Stories, 28. Cheesecakes eaten, 19. Sicily Italian Stories, 9. Sicily Italian reference is 61. Girls mad at each other, not best friends, or moving out 27 times. Sports, 33. Games now, 46. Stanley's a Bornak appearance is 24. And I thought I thought this was a good overall episode. 81 out of 100. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the Glide TV Recaps, The Golden Girls. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed. If you did, make sure to subscribe to the show for more great content like this. And until that next episode, goodbye.